G'day mate, Forty here. So in the 1960s, there was a saying, don't trust anyone over 30. So there was this youth revolution and, and goodness and, and wisdom was supposed to reside with the youth. And they wanted the power to completely remake the, their own uh, educational systems, to completely remake their own you know, curriculum at, at university, to completely re remake society. And uh, obviously that was you know, foolishness. Now, it makes me think the kind of the opposite, that when it comes to questions of wisdom, questions of, of politics, questions of uh, you know, deeper significance, uh, don't trust anyone over 25. Car rental companies won't rent a car to anyone over under the age of 25. Why? Because the prefrontal cortex... Right, that that self-regulating mechanism doesn't really come online properly until we're 25. So you'll notice with people in their teens and early 20s, have exuberant and exorbitant belief in themselves, like above and beyond all, all evidence. That uh, teens and early 20s, they they have have these delusions they're going to change the world that they have all sorts of talents and abilities that they don't have to the degree that they think they have that, that they are confident that you know everything's going to go great for them and it's only until about age 25 that, that this prefrontal cortex really comes online and people get a stronger sense of reality so people tend to sober up by their late 20s right people don't tend to have the same delusions that they've they've carried you know through their teens and into their early early 20s and so i've been live streaming here on youtube since 2015 and i think since 2017 people have been talking about nick fuentes this amazing political commentator and, and my reaction always was i'm not going to seek political wisdom from you know some 17 18 year old kid now 18-year-old kids, 22-year-old kids can provide high entertainment value. And people like Nick Fuentes and uh, what James Alsop and uh, Ken Brown, Deep Left Jerkle, I mean, these guys can provide entertainment value. And so occasionally I, I've checked them out for the entertainment value. Now, what's happened is that they've amassed you know, a substantial following because they are entertaining. But they've misunderstood that as confirmation of their deep life wisdom. And so with, with Ken Brown in particular, he's got this delusion that all these people are asking him for life advice. And whenever he, he talks about what other people are saying to him, at least in his latest video, it doesn't correspond to reality. Nobody is saying to him any of the things that, that he alleges in, in, this, in this video. And what makes uh, young people in their late teens, early 20s uh, particularly wacky it's when they don't have a community, when they don't have friends to, to bounce things off. So when you listen to uh, Ken Brown or uh, Nick Fuentes or even Richard Spencer, you notice that friendship doesn't seem to play a significant role in, in their lives, that there's no community. Like Nick doesn't go to church. I, I suspect that Ken Brown doesn't go to church, that there's not a community that keeps an eye on, on them. So for me... I would, I could never get away with with saying many of the things that uh, Ken and Nick and Richard have said because I, I I've got friends in a community who would like call me up and say, 
what the hell, Forty? If you lost your mind, that, that's uh, that's completely that's completely deranged. I, I mean, I couldn't go into shul, right? If I was saying crazy things on here, I, I couldn't then go into shul and, and see people face to face. I couldn't walk down the street. When I run into people on the street who watch my show, right, they either have no reaction, mild reaction, or you know, gratitude and respect. Because you know, I'm not saying these crazy things, such as what, what Ken Brown's saying in his latest video, that you know, if you don't agree with me, you're mentally ill. If you don't share my certain metaphysical certitudes, that there's something wrong with you. That uh, that just shows that you are you know narcissistic and solipsistic. If you, if you don't share my particular theology, you know, that there's something wrong with you. So there's there's a lack of balance. Like in people under 25, they they seize on, you know, some idea that they have chanced upon and then pursue it to some absurd ends without any greater sense of context, right? We should live within a constellation of values. Like truth is a value, but also being pro-social is a value and preserving relationships is a value and laughter is a value but also preserving life and minimizing harm is a value and justice is a value, but also trying to increase tranquility and peace is a value. And these values are constantly clashing. And so what you see with, with people under 25 is they'll choose one or two good values and then just pursue them to an absurd degree without respect to other values in, in a normal constellation. So, I think it's wonderful that Ken Brown wants to dedicate his life to serving God, but his dedication to, to a life serving God seems to be completely bereft of community and friendship and family. Like friendship, family, community play, play, seem, play virtually no role in his videos. I know he went on a trip where he was trying to connect with people. So good for you. But overall in his, in his videos, he doesn't seem to evince, you know, any sense of family, any sense of community, any sense of developing a career, any sense of you know, studying with people wiser than himself at a particularly either informal or a formal educational setting. And so when you're just going off on your own, half-cocked, uh, pursuing you know, an idea, I'm going to serve God, right? I remember I was like this. Uh, I was listening to Dennis Prager and about age 23 in, in the summer of 1989, towards the, the end of 1989, he said, I want to dedicate my life to God. And uh, one day, Dennis Prager called me, and he said, Luke, you've called me many times, because I'd called him on his show. And he said, I, I thought I'd call you, because I'd also written him letters. And uh, at the time, I was reading The Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky, and I'd been reading about the Grand Inquisitor. And I, talk, you know, I told Dennis, you know, I want to dedicate my life to God. I want to dedicate myself to serving the Almighty. And uh, Dennis said, be moderate about it, right? So when you have friends, when you have community, when you have family, when you have these interlocking human connections, they will tend to make you more moderate and more pro-social and you know, help you to, you know, to make better decisions than you would if you just went off on your own. Right? When, we, when we just go off on our own, uh, serving God, as as you know we think best 
it usually doesn't work out too well because serving God can mean absolutely anything, right? Unless you have a community to whom you're accountable, you can go off and, and do anything. Like uh, Osama bin Laden and Al-Qaeda thought they were serving God by uh, taking down the Twin Towers. Towers. Uh, there are plenty of Christian uh, terrorists who, who thought they were serving God by, by killing people. So just you and God, I don't trust that. I don't trust people whose morality is based on their own thinking. And you see with the, the Nick Fuentes and a Ken Brown and, and Richard Spencer that they're so disconnected from other people that they seem to overwhelmingly rely on, the, on, on their own thinking, right? That, that they're going to be able to think things through and they're going to find the flaws in their own arguments. And we're just not evolutionarily adapted that way, right? We evolved to think socially. Like we evolved to be very good at pointing, finding the flaws in other people's arguments so that we'd be less likely to be manipulated by, by other people. But we're terrible at seeing the flaws in our own arguments. So that's why we need to think socially. That's why we need to be you know, connected. We were, we were born into a tribe. We were born into families, a, a tribe, a, a, a nation, right? And we, we weren't born to think you know, metaphysical questions, philosophical questions, just all out on our own, right? We, we need other people challenging us and you know, often face-to-face -face looking, us, looking us in the eye and that way we develop empathy for other people, for their experiences, and we often see the limits and the shortcomings and the failures of, of our own thinking. And uh, with, with the Nick Fuentes and the Ken Brown, I'm kind of surprised at how similar they are and how they, they both go off kind of half-cocked, completely assured of their own thinking, that they can... They can, they're confident they can spot the flaws in their own thinking and they're just going to serve God on their own and they don't need community to, to mediate anything. They don't need uh, mentors. They don't need you know priests, ministers, rabbis. They don't need uh, guidance. They can just figure it out on their own and it's absurd. It leads to the absurd results that we're seeing in, in the work of uh, Nick Fuentes and, and Ken Brown and, and, and Richard Spencer and and other people who don't live life interlocked and immersed with, with others. If I had a dollar for every time Luke Ford quoted Dennis Prager, I would be wealthy. Well, Dennis Prager played a huge role in my life. And one of the things that, uh, that being being connected to, to Dennis Prager did is it, it also connected me with, with a wider Jewish community. And you know, people may come and people may go, but uh, the Jewish community has played you know, a huge role in my life. And unless one is accountable to community, one is very likely to go off in you know, all sorts of bizarre directions, particularly in an individualist society like America today, that y you can just start going downhill and there's, there's no longer any automatic stops. As you become degenerate, as you start you know, morally declining, there are no automatic stops in our society anymore. You can just keep going right into the gutter unless you're immersed in, in valuable connections with, with other people and they will say, hey, you got to cut this out or I can't have anything to do with you. So the prefrontal cortex doesn't come online until 25. 
that we can expect entertainment value from people under 25, but we can't expect life wisdom, political wisdom, right? And so just because someone listens to you for entertainment value, uh, that doesn't mean that you have life wisdom, cultural wisdom, political wisdom, uh, religious wisdom, all right? Uh, Nick and Ken, you know, chose niches that are underserved. So there's a great thirst for alt-right commentary that is not provided by the mainstream. And so you can very quickly build up an audience if you talk about these, these alt-right topics because there are so few people of substance talking about them. So you get an audience far in proportion to what your talents would otherwise deliver for you. And then out of that disproportionate audience, it's very easy to, to get the sense that that uh, your insights are far more valuable than, than they are. I mean, we used to call people, you know, who were autistic, didn't, didn't we used to call them mentally retarded? And, and now we just say not, not neurotypical or differently, differently abled. And so there's autistic and schizophrenic, right? These are opposite sides of the spectrum. So the autistic don't really read other people and what's going on with other people. They're not in touch with their own emotions. They're not in touch with the emotions of other people. They, they have no sense of, of uh, the inner life of other people. They have very little sense of their own inner life. They're just kind of emotionally barren, right? Which, which uh, seem, seems to characterize much of uh, Ken Brown's work. And then on the other side, there are the people who are schizophrenic who read way too much into what's going on in the lives of people around them and the, the motivation. So this, the schizophrenic and the paranoid, right, they believe that the whole world is conspiring against them. They, they overanalyze. They, you know, they, they believe all sorts of things that aren't there. While the autist you know, is just completely blind to all sorts of things that are there. So those are the you know, two of the most prominent mental illnesses. They, they are opposite, all right? So you want to have you know, a moderate amount of understanding of other people and being able to tune into them, right? There's no shared reality and there's no shared energy unless you can get onto the same page with other people. And younger people in particular tend to be incredibly self-absorbed. They don't tend to have a great deal of empathy. But you'll notice by about age 25 to 30, uh, people stop deliberately shaming and humiliating other people publicly, right? That almost never happens at the hands of people over age 30, because as people age, they grow in empathy. So I noticed that when I was going through my health problems in, in, from 1988 to 1994 in, in particular, virtually nobody in the second half of life was cruel to me. But, you know, very few people my, my own age displayed much empathy. Instead, they, they shied away because they, they couldn't understand what was happening to me. Therefore, it had to be some, you know, great mental illness on my part or, you know, I had something contagious. They just, like, shied away while people in the second half of life just were overwhelmingly compassionate and empathic because people in the second half of life, they've had enough suffering that their their understanding of life has expanded while people prior to age 20 they tend to have you know understanding about their own experience 
and they haven't devoted a great deal of attention to the lives of others. And they haven't concerned themselves a great deal with you know, other people's priorities. They haven't internalized that other people are just as real as, as they are, that other people have just as many hopes and dreams and, and uh, feel things just as keenly as, as they do. But when the, the prefrontal cortex comes online by about age 25, then you can start to have more empathy for other people. And empathy is a really good place to begin a worldview. So that's why I don't trust the life wisdom, religious wisdom, political wisdom, or, or cultural wisdom of people under 25, because they're simply not uh, cognitively capable of sufficient amounts of empathy. And if you begin fr from a place of empathy, you're in a place of reality. Right? You're, you're recognizing your obligations to others. You're recognizing the, the times that, that you've screwed up and that you've hurt innocent people. You, you recognize how your selfishness has wreaked harm on, on those around you. And, and from that perspective, you're in reality. While with often you know, the Nick Fuentes or the Ken Brown, uh, they're on a crusade because... They are completely oblivious to the, the extent that their selfishness has harmed the lives of people around them. Like, that doesn't even occur to them. It doesn't occur to them that there might be something that they are missing, that there's some place that they've gone wrong. Let's have a look at the chat. Situational value. These lads are in rooms by themselves, shouting into a megaphone, speaking at people. Seeing other people as lessers. Yes. So I shouldn't be trusted. I was e exaggerating, but when it comes to life wisdom and political wisdom, yeah, people under 25 are not a good source of that. Now, at age 19, I had an open microphone to the world. Right? I was the weekend news anchor at K High News Radio. Very exceptional for a 19-year-old to have you know, an open mic, mic to the world. But... I demonstrated that I was a responsible person and I was working within a particular genre, news, and I never violated that trust. So I would report the news for about two and a half years. I was weekend news anchor. I did hundreds, thousands of news broadcasts, never violated that trust. But very few 19-year-olds have an open mic to the world. Very few 19-year-olds are news anchors can just flip a switch and, and talk to talk to the community, talk to anyone who's tuned in to AM950, KAHI, News Radio. So generally speaking, people don't get those kind of roles until they're at least 25 years of age. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, you may know some exceptional young people who, who can be trusted, right? But generally speaking, you don't give the keys to your car to someone under 25. Generally speaking, you don't give the keys to your home to someone under 25. You know, generally speaking, you don't give you know, $5,000 to someone under 25 for safekeeping. There, there are exceptional young people under age 25 who can be trusted in certain situations. And it's often entertaining to exchange with them about their you know, life, religion, politics, culture, but we all have limited time. You know, why would we, why would we seek out the, the perspectives of, of the eighteen-year-old on politics? Generally speaking, 
when there are so many wiser and more accomplished people to talk to. And uh, chat says, well, goes the opposite way too. People over 80 shouldn't be allowed to vote because they barely have any life left. They shouldn't have any decisions in voting because they have no skin in the game. Well, they have a skin in the, the game if they care about people. Right? Once you care about people, whether it's your own children, your grandchildren, or your friends, or your community, you've got skin in the game. Uh, don't give the keys to your car to an 80-year-old. Uh, generally speaking, all right, between giving the keys to your car to an 80-year-old and keys to your car to an 18-year-old, generally speaking, you're going to suffer less damage to your car if you give it to an 80-year-old. Right? Generally speaking, 80-year-olds make far wiser decisions than 18-year-olds for their flaws. Bye-bye.